0: Welcome to Barry Pirro's Haunted Happenings podcast, where I share in depth stories of the paranormal, the supernatural, and the unexplained. So turn off your lights, sit back. And prepare to be scared. In 2019, over 250 priests from 50 countries traveled to the Vatican to take a week long course. It was aimed at identifying demonic possession and learning about the rite of exorcism. Even though demonic possession is a touchy subject for the Catholic Church, the Vatican no longer avoids the topic. In fact, last year Pope Francis told priests that they should refer parishioners to exorcists if it's found that they're suffering from genuine spiritual disturbances, in other words, demons. There are four recognized stages of demonic activity, infestation, oppression, obsession, and possession. Each stage is more serious than the one that precedes it. Because the type of activity that occurs during the first stage, infestation, so closely resembles things that occur during hauntings, at first many people believe that they're dealing with a ghost rather than a demon. That's where I come in. I'm a paranormal investigator. That's right, a ghost hunter. I investigate cases of ghostly hauntings and other paranormal activity, but as a rule, I don't get involved with demonic cases. Why? Because a demon isn't just a bad ghost or the spirit of a negative person. It's an entity that has never walked the earth in human form, and it is pure evil. I'm not a demonologist. I'm a paranormal investigator, and that's a very different thing. A demonologist is a trained professional, usually a priest, rabbi, or a pastor, who knows how to rid a person of the evil entity through prayer. Although a demonic case might start out like any other haunting, activity quickly ramps up to the point where the demon finally reveals itself in some way. But if someone calls me to help with a case of demonic infestation, I always turn it down, because if a demon is causing havoc in a household, I simply wouldn't be able to help. But for whatever reason, God, in his infinite wisdom, sometimes inserts me into a demonic case, as if to say, You're going to be part of this, whether you like it or not. I'm going to help this person, and I've chosen you to assist me. Case in point is an investigation I agreed to take on in Enfield, Connecticut. As you'll see, my involvement in the case was minimal, to say the least. But in the end, I was able to help this person when everyone else had failed. In June of 2018, I received an email from a woman named Kara who was seeking help because of disturbing paranormal activity she was experiencing in her home. Although two pastors and one Catholic priest had recently visited the home, the activity continued. At the time, I was busy with a number of other cases, so I gave her a call in order to get a few more details and planned to visit the house to run an investigation at a later date. Kara was a young single mother who lived in an eight-unit housing development that was built in 1991. Most of the people in the development had been living there since the homes were built. It was a close-knit community of people who all watched out for one another, and it seemed like the perfect place for Kara to raise her four-year-old daughter. Kara moved into her new home, and for almost a year nothing unusual happened. But gradually, she began noticing things little things, like lights turning on by themselves and odd noises coming from downstairs in the middle of the night. These things didn't bother her much at first, but after having a conversation with the former renter, she began to wonder if there really was something going on in the place. Karis said, I know the people who lived in the house before I moved in. They moved out because they had a lot of kids and a bigger unit opened up across the street. They told me a little about the history of the place, and I have to admit it was pretty disturbing. The first family that lived here was a pastor and his wife. They had a son who was around junior high school age. No one in the neighborhood was aware of it at the time, but something terrible was happening in the house. The father was physically and sexually abusing his own son. The boy eventually told someone at school what was happening, and his father was arrested. The case went to trial, and the man is now in prison. No one in the family died or anything like that, but this guy did some pretty horrible things to his son in this house. Maybe all of that horror brought in a negative spirit? I don't know. Well, like I said, the woman who lived here before me moved to the unit across the street, and after things started happening to me in the house, I asked the kids who used to live here if they had had any unusual experiences growing up in the house. All of them said that when they lived here, they used to see a man walking around the house all the time. A few of the kids said that he actually touched them. One of the neighbors, a kid named Alex, said that he and his cousin had seen this man in the house as well. He said, We used to come over and hang out and we'd see this guy walking around all the time. It was really creepy. You'd be in a room and you'd see him walk past the doorway. One time I was sitting on the bed playing a video game with my friend who lived here, and I looked down the hall and I saw him walking out of the bathroom and into the bedroom down the hall. At first I thought it was a real person, but when I asked my friend about it, he said that we were the only two people in the house. Now that was freaky. I continued asking around about the house, and I eventually spoke to the former owner. The woman said, I know the kids used to talk about the man that they saw there, But I always thought it was just their imagination. Nothing really happened to me there. Except for this one thing. One day I was alone in the basement watching TV. I was laying on the couch with my back to the doorway and all of a sudden I felt someone grab my leg and start squeezing it. It felt like a strong hand squeezing the bottom of my leg and it was getting tighter and tighter. Now, the stairs are carpeted, so you can't hear when someone comes down the stairs. So I thought my boyfriend had come home from work and was playing a trick on me. But when I turned around, nobody was there. The woman kind of brushed it off and was like, yeah, nothing ever happened except that one thing. But her son, the other kids, and all the people who would sleep over at the house have all told me that they saw a guy here all the time. And now she's telling me that something invisible squeezed her leg really hard and she doesn't think anything is going on here? I mean, come on. So about a year ago, dumb little things started happening. At first it was the lights. All of my lights. But it was only the lights. One night I woke up in the middle of the night and the hallway light was on. Now at first I thought that my daughter must have gotten up to use the bathroom. She's four years old and she sleeps with me in my bed but I figured that she must have gotten up without waking me up, then forgot to turn the light out when she came back. But this kept happening. I'd go to bed, the hallway light would be off, and I'd wake up to use the bathroom and the light would be on. I finally asked my daughter about it, and she said that she hadn't gotten up at all. Now, the hallway light didn't turn on all the time. When it first started, it was really seldom. But then, the downstairs lights started turning on by themselves. My house is pitch black at night, and I drink a ton of water, so I have to pee like eight times at night. So one night I got up to use the bathroom. I opened the bedroom door and walked down the hallway, and it was pitch dark. I used the bathroom, then went back to bed, and the house was still pitch black. I got up again a little while later, and the house was dark, The third time I got up to use the bathroom, I opened the bedroom door, and I saw that it was super bright in the hallway. I looked downstairs, and the lights were on down there. Now, I know they weren't on before, because I had just gotten up twice, and the hallway was so dark I could barely see as I made my way to the bathroom. So I went downstairs to check, and every light was on. Every single light. I checked the front door, but it was locked. I turned off the lights and went to bed. The lights stayed off the rest of the night, but after that, about once a week, I'd wake up and find all the lights on downstairs. The other strange thing that started happening is that the strobe light in the hallway smoke detector used to come on. The house would be dark and I'd wake up to use the bathroom. I'd walk out into the hallway and the light from the smoke detector would start flashing at me. The alarm itself wouldn't go off, just the light. But the light seemed brighter than it should have been. I'd have to actually close my eyes because the light that flashed on and off at me was incredibly bright. It would flash on and off the entire time I'd be walking down the hallway, then it would stop when I got to the bathroom. When I finished using the bathroom, I'd peek into the hallway and it would be dark. As soon as I'd start walking back to my bedroom, it would start flashing again. Then it would stop as I walked into my bedroom. Now, I didn't know what to make of this at first. I thought that maybe there was just something wrong with the detector. But it never did this when anyone else walked under it. It only flashed when I walked by it, and only at night. And it didn't do this every time I walked under it, just sometimes. Now all of this was strange, and I was starting to realize that something weird was going on in the house. But, whatever it was, it was only messing with the lights, so it didn't really bother me that much. I had a dog who passed away about six months ago. Before we moved in, she was fine, but after a while, she started acting like she was afraid all the time. She'd cower in the corner of the room, and she refused to go into my daughter's bedroom then my smoke alarms and co2 detectors started going off randomly during the day they'd go off all day long even though the batteries were changed and the dog would totally freak out the neighbors would call me at work and tell me about it and i'd go home but there was no smoke and the detectors would have stopped before i got there this started happening so often that i had to bring the dog to work with me or my mom would pick her up and bring her to her house As I said, the kids who used to live in my house now live across the street, and all the neighborhood kids all said that they had seen a man walking around the house. Now, to be honest, I didn't think about it much at the time. I mean, I never personally saw anything, so I just thought, well, who knows? But one night, my daughter woke me up in the middle of the night and said that there was someone standing at the foot of our bed trying to take the blankets. I didn't see anything, so I told her it was just a dream, But then a few days later, she said that she saw a man sitting at the bottom of our stairs. Now that freaked me out, because I never told her about the guy that the neighborhood kids had seen in this house. As the weeks went by, my daughter told me that she kept seeing the same man in different parts of the house, and she kept complaining about the blankets being pulled off of her in the middle of the night. After a while, she started getting really scared to go to bed at night. Now all of this was pretty disturbing, but then things really started to get worse. About two months ago, I woke up in the middle of the night because I felt someone holding my upper arm and squeezing it really tightly. I had been laying on my back and my left side was to the edge of the bed. My daughter sleeps with me against the wall on my right side, so it was holding and squeezing my left arm tight enough that it woke me up. I felt it squeezing so tightly that even after it stopped, I continued feeling it for about 30 seconds afterward. Like if I were to squeeze your arm really hard and let go, you'd feel it for a while afterward. It was like that. I couldn't help but think about the story the woman who used to live here told me about her leg being squeezed tightly. And now here I was feeling something squeezing my arm in the middle of the night. Well, the next week, something really terrifying happened. It was nighttime. I was sleeping, and my daughter was in bed with me. I was lying on my left side, facing away from the wall. My back was to my daughter, and I woke up with the most awful feeling. It was a terrible, frightening feeling, and all of the hair on my arms was standing up. I opened my eyes, and I saw that someone was right in front of me, hunched down face to face, looking at me. I don't sleep with a nightlight on or anything, but I could clearly see the solid black shape of someone directly in front of me. They were hunched down literally nose to nose with me, only about two inches from my face. My heart was beating like crazy, and I could feel the blood pulsing in my ears. I was processing that someone must have broken into the house, and I was trying to figure out what to do next, when suddenly they stood up. I could see that it was a tall man, but I couldn't see any features. But I saw them stand up, take a step back, and then they just disappeared. I was like, holy shit, that wasn't a real person in my house. What the hell was that? I turned the lights on, but there was nothing there. Then I just felt awful. I couldn't go back to sleep. I have a new dog now, so I opened the bedroom door and let him in, and he started going crazy. He was really agitated, and he just kept growling. All of the things that happen in this house are crazy, but this next thing just might be the craziest. Before I moved into the place, the previous owner had removed all of the closet doors, so all of the closets are just an open space. They originally had sliding doors but for whatever reason she took all of them off so now they're just like open walk-in closets. My birthday was in March and my mom had brought helium balloons over when we had a little party. They were those shiny silver mylar balloons that say happy birthday on them. My daughter had brought one of them up to my bedroom and it was up there for a few weeks. Now I always sleep with the air conditioner on and with two fans on. For some reason, the bedroom gets so hot all year long that I actually had to buy a second air conditioner. No matter what I do, it's always super hot around two or three in the morning. It gets so hot that the air conditioner just blows air, not cold air or hot air, just air. Now, when I got the balloon, it just sat in the corner of the room and it never moved. Even with the fans on and both air conditioners on, it didn't move at all, because I guess the breeze never made it over to that corner. So one day I was laying in bed when all of a sudden the balloon moved really quickly from the corner of the room to the end of the closet, which is halfway across the room. It went from there to there really fast, then it actually turned. It was like a person was holding it and then quickly turned it. The whole balloon turned so that the happy birthday writing was facing forward. Then the balloon began to move. It didn't just bob around or slowly drift. It turned, went back to the end of the closet really quickly, turned again and went back, turned again and went back, and it did this for like five minutes back and forth, back and forth. It was really dramatically fast, like someone was holding the balloon and running back and forth with it. And I'm laying in bed like, you're friggin' kidding me. I didn't know what to do. Honestly, I'm sitting there, my daughter's asleep, and I'm just watching it. Then all of a sudden, it went in front of the closet and it started spinning. Spinning like it's in a tornado or something, like fast spinning. Then all of a sudden, it stopped spinning and stood dead still in one spot. Then it slowly drifted into the closet and stopped moving altogether. It was so freaky. I'm like, okay, there's definitely something going on here, but I'm just going to have to deal with it. I can't move. I have a dog, so finding a place to rent is a problem. So that night, I was like, okay, whatever it is, it's in the closet. It's not going to come out. I'm just going to have to deal with this. Now, I wake up almost every night, because my daughter wakes up screaming in the middle of the night. Leave me alone, you're hurting me, stop touching me, she'll say. It's the same thing every night. Then she starts screaming, get away from me, get off of me. So the night that the balloon was going back and forth and spinning, I woke up to her screaming. I always sleep with the fan blowing on me, so one of the fans was right next to me, about two feet away from my face. I wake up and the balloon is not in the closet anymore. It's in front of the fan, between my face and the fan, directly in front of my face, as if it's being held there. It's not moving, not blowing, not moving at all. The balloon was sitting like a statue right in front of the fan that's blowing at the highest speed, which is impossible. It was so close that if I had leaned forward a little, I would have hit my face on the balloon. I got so pissed at whatever was doing this that I grabbed the balloon and I started screaming, This is my house. You need to go. This is my house. I popped the balloon, threw it on the floor, then went back to bed. Now as pissed off as I was at this thing, it was really scaring me. So I asked my friend and her husband to come over and bless the house. They're both pastors at a Christian church in Hartford, so they came and blessed my house the first week in May. That was on a Thursday. The house was quiet for a few days, but then on Saturday I woke up at night to go to the bathroom, and the strobe light on the smoke detector started flashing at me again. I was standing in my doorway thinking, are you friggin' kidding me? I thought it was gone because it had been so quiet. So I'm standing there leaning on the doorway, and I said out loud, are you back? Are you really back? And it freaking growled at me out loud. So loud like a lion, not even a foot in front of me. When I tell you it was loud, I mean, holy crap, it was loud. It was not like a muffled sound like, hey, did I just hear something? Is that something outside? No, this was right in my face and it growled at me like some sort of animal. I mean, it was like this big, deep growl, and it was so loud that my dog, who was behind me, jumped up and started growling. I quickly shut the door and started praying. I had a whole list of prayers that the pastors told me to say, and they also gave me this anointed oil. So since that night, I've been using the oil to make the sign of the cross on the door and in the room, and I've also sprayed holy water around the room. Well, a few days after that happened, I was in the room with my daughter, and she said to me, Oh, look at this, Mommy. It's so pretty. There's this sparkly, crystal-looking thing flying around the bedroom. Then she got up and started trying to chase it. My older daughter was home from school for a few weeks, so we were both in the room with my younger daughter. The two of us were looking around, but we couldn't see anything. Only my younger daughter could see it, and she was chasing it around the room. I said to her, Come here, leave it alone. And she said, It's a butterfly, and it wants me to follow it. Whatever she was seeing, this thing was trying to get my daughter to walk to the door, and I said, no, don't follow it, stay here with me. I said some prayers, and then we went to bed. Well, the next morning, we woke up, and my daughter said, mommy, that butterfly is back, but it's really mad at me because I didn't go with it last night. She was really terrified. She pointed and said, it's over by the door again, and it wants me to leave. But it's really mad and I can't get out of bed until it's gone. In addition to that, things kept happening all over the house. Pictures were falling off of the walls. Lights were going on and off by themselves. Then just a few weeks ago, the strangest thing happened. I had washed all of my daughter's clothes one night, like 90% of her clothes, and put them in my room and folded them. I put them in the closet, then went to bed. The next morning, I woke up and every bit of the clothes that I had just washed and folded was gone. Totally gone. They were in the closet just a few feet from the bed, and in the morning they were gone. This happened in the middle of the night while we were asleep. No one else was in the house. No one came into the house and stole them in the middle of the night. I'm talking about piles of clothes. At least 10 pairs of pants, around 10 sweatshirts, 15 to 20 long sleeve shirts, All gone. All at one time just disappeared. I never found them. I had to buy her all new winter clothes. Now, I didn't tell many people about what was going on in the house, but I did tell one of my girlfriends. She used to live in a haunted house, and she told me about this paranormal investigator. I don't know anything about him, but he came over last week and tried to do some readings in the house, but he didn't come up with anything. That doesn't really surprise me, because usually when anyone comes over, the first few times, it's really quiet. It doesn't show itself. It doesn't do anything. But my girlfriend came over a few times when I was at work, so she was alone in the house. She tape-recorded her conversation with it, and when she listened back, she heard it growling at her a few times. It didn't say any words, it just kept growling. Now, my dog is very protective, and one member of the paranormal team was a girl who was psychic, and when she was trying to channel whatever is in my house, my dog would run into the room and lay on top of her. He does that whenever he feels someone needs protection. He does it to my daughter and me all the time. He comes over and lays right on top of you and doesn't move. Like I said, my daughter sleeps with me at night because she's afraid to sleep in her own room. Everyone who has ever come into my house say that they get a really bad feeling in her bedroom. I recently had a woman come over to smudge the house with sage because I heard that that can help. She was in my daughter's room and she was using a feather to blow the smoke around. And when she got to the closet, she blew smoke in there, but it kept blowing back at her. It was like something wouldn't let it go in. She also had blessed candles that she wanted to put in there, but the candles wouldn't stay lit in the closet. They'd stay lit anywhere else in the room, but as soon as she put them in the closet, they would go out. I have a spray bottle filled with holy water. The bottle works everywhere in the house except in her bedroom. One day I was squeezing the nozzle to spray it, and I could actually feel something like a hand under it pulling the nozzle back the other way so I couldn't spray it but when I left her bedroom, I was able to spray it. My dog, Pongo, is really starting to act up now. Once or twice a week, he'll wander into my bedroom and start acting really strange. Two nights ago, my daughter was asleep and Pongo was lying on the floor at the foot of the bed. I was laying on the bed texting one of my girlfriends, when all of a sudden, Pongo got up and started growling. Then he jumped on the bed and lay across my daughter, across her middle, and he wouldn't move. He's not a big dog, so he wasn't hurting her or anything like that, but I tried to get him to move and he just wouldn't move no matter what I did. All of a sudden, he crawled half off of my daughter and put his front paws on my chest and stayed that way for about 20 minutes. Then, he moved his head as if he was watching something walk across the room and over to the door. After he watched it go through the door, he got up and sat back down on the floor at the foot of the bed. Other people have experienced things in the house as well. One Saturday, I got home from work at around 9 at night. My mom was over, and my daughter was asleep upstairs alone. My mom and I were downstairs in the kitchen, and she was getting ready to leave. Pongo was downstairs with us, and he suddenly stood up, walked into the living room, and started growling. We looked over toward the living room, and it sounded like somebody was in the room moving heavy wooden furniture across a wood floor, like someone was pushing dressers or something around the living room. My mom and I both heard it, but the thing is, the room is carpeted, and I don't even have big furniture like that in the room. Then all of a sudden, the sound just stopped. In addition to the pastors that came here, I also asked a Catholic priest to come over and do a blessing on the house. He came in and sprinkled holy water in every room, said some prayers from the Bible, then left really quickly. He seemed scared out of his mind. He literally ran out of here. My friend asked her priest to call me from the Catholic Church, and when I told him what was going on, he said, I've dealt with this before, and the symbol of it changing into a butterfly is a horrible sign. I think it's a demon. You have to leave right now. I told him that I can't afford to leave, but that was the only advice he gave me. My friends who say that they know about these things say that I can't let this thing think that I'm afraid of it. So whenever something starts happening, I've been saying out loud, This is my house. We live here. You might make me jump but that's only because I wasn't expecting it and you startled me. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah, you growled at me and made me jump, but I'm not afraid of you. I also say things like this to him at night when I feel it coming into my bedroom. I think it helps. He kind of leaves. I watch the dog watch him walk out, so I guess it leaves right after I tell it off. After Kara finished telling me her story, I was convinced that the situation was very serious. I told her that what she's dealing with isn't a ghost. It isn't the spirit of some cranky old man who used to live in the house who won't leave. It's a demonic entity, and she has to be very, very careful with it. The advice her friend gave her was dead wrong. I told Kara that she needed to immediately stop engaging with the entity. By talking to the demon, she was acknowledging it and risking unknowingly inviting it in. A demon needs an invitation, and by talking to it, she was, in a sense, accepting it, which is extremely dangerous. I was going on vacation that week, so I told Kara that I would stop by her house when I got back. I reminded her to stop talking to it and to not acknowledge it in any way. Even when saying her prayers, she was not to mention it. Now what happened next won't make sense to many of you, but just keep in mind that God truly works in mysterious ways. Although I knew that two pastors and a Catholic priest had blessed the house, I felt that I could help Kara keep things under control until I was able to visit her in person. When I got back, I had every intention of getting in touch with a priest or a demonologist to help because I wasn't trained to help in these situations. Padre Pio is a Catholic saint who lived from 1887 until 1968. He performed many miracles during his lifetime, and his hands, feet, and side were marked with the stigmata, the wounds of Christ, which bled continuously for 50 years. It's said that Padre Pio had the ability to bilocate and to heal the sick and cure the blind. The saint was also said to have been plagued by demons at various times in his life, and that he was able to keep these demonic forces at bay through prayer. As a result, people often pray to him when they encounter demonic activity. I personally feel very attached to Padre Pio because of a vision that I had once of the saint, and I always wear a medallion bearing his image to protect me from negative forces as I conduct my paranormal investigations. I'm certainly not alone in seeking his spiritual protection and guidance. Famed ghost hunter Lorraine Warren had a similar faith-based relationship with the saint. She prayed to Padre Pio when dealing with cases that appeared to be demonic, and his image even appeared in a photo taken when she and her husband were investigating the Amityville horror case. Because Kara was clearly dealing with a demonic force, I thought it best to send her some protection. I always keep a stack of laminated prayer cards bearing Padre Pio's image at home. I took two of the cards, blessed them with holy water, and asked for the saint's intercession. I mailed the cards to Kara and instructed her to tape them to the wall of her bedroom closet as soon as she received them. Now, I was confident that the cards I sent would offer protection from the entity that was plaguing Kara, but I had no idea what a profound effect it would have on the activity in her home. A few weeks later, she contacted me. She said that she had followed all of my instructions. She stopped acknowledging the demon, she put the Padre Pio cards in her closet, and immediately all of the demonic activities stopped. The lights stopped turning on and off, the smoke detector strobe stopped, the dog stopped behaving strangely, and her daughter was able to sleep in her own room for the first time. There were no more signs of the strange man in the house, and the lion-like demonic roar was never heard again. Why did this simple gesture help Kara when a priest and two pastors weren't able to help? I'll never know for sure, but I do believe that God uses us in ways we can never fully understand. In a way, Kara wasn't the only one who was helped by divine intervention. I was too. Perhaps it was also God's way of showing me that the power of prayer is real, that a genuine desire to help people matters, and that God has a plan in all of our lives that is complex, mysterious, and perfect. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow me and leave a comment. To contact me, use the email address listed in the program notes. I'm Barry Pirro, and this is Haunted Happenings.